We're doing our annual free week on the Sharp Football Analysis website. All of Warren Sharp's betting picks and website content that normally requires a subscription is 100% free all week. Just Google Sharp Football, click the website Sharp Football Analysis, and click the blue banner up top to get access. What's going on, Sharp Football Fantasy Family? It is your resident, Swami of Konami, Rich Rebar, and we are here in week 11, knocking on the door of Thanksgiving. Uh, and I had to, you know, throw up the bat, sim- bat signal in the sky last night. You know, I had a, a cancellation. I said, oh, man, I'm going to scramble, find a guest. Uh, and I tagged in my good buddy, Davis Maddock. Davis, I-, I think I've podcasted with you in my football career more than any other person. I doubt that's true inversely, but uh, I've done more football ca- podcasts with you than any person for sure. No, I bet I bet football shows. I bet just pure football shows. I bet I bet you're pretty close to the top. Maybe Corrine, maybe Corrine, because Corrine and I just do this all in the off season when we're just degening best ball teams. But yeah, I mean, and and certainly the the longest of anyone who is who's still in the game. I mean, we are <laughs> we we got dude. I mean, I bet it was a decade ago, probably the first time we did a show together. First fo- first football podcast I ever did was with you and Coleman. And we did like a, a rookie draft. It was the year Monty Ball was a rookie. Beautiful, beautiful, a great, a great, a great beginning. I mean, people don't people don't remember Monty Ball. They they just simply don't. Yeah, or Coleman. So like, it's, it's true, true. It works both ways. Absolutely, man. But yeah, we'll jump uh, into some action here. You know, talk about some of the kind of the news uh, that pertains this week. We look at this DFS slate. Talk about some of the players bad players we had to plug in some lineups this week with teams on by and the injuries uh let's start in some of the darkness because we lost another really good football player in cooper cup basically the only good football player for the los angeles rams but they're still going to play football games the rams are uh i've confirmed that they are still going to play in new orleans this week and they're going to play at least the next three weeks without cooper cup after this one so what do we do here with the Rams? Is there is this like a hands-off situation? Are we do we think there's any life with like a guy like Allen Robinson, Ben Skaronic, Van Jefferson? Does this like pump Tyler Higby's bags a little bit? Or what do we do here? So I think you probably start Allen Robinson this week if if you've held on to him or picked him up at this point, because there's certainly some chance that they move him around a little bit. You know, maybe he's playing in the slot, like, cause the issue is he can't separate at all. Right. Guy, guy can't generate any separation, but the whole offense, you know, it's like uh, someone looked at the Rams offense and says, well, why don't they just build the whole thing out of Cooper cup? And then they did. And then they actually did just build the whole thing out of Cooper cup. I believe the splits are when Stafford is not throwing to Cooper cup. It's like, he's got like three touchdowns and nine interceptions. Two. Like, yeah, yeah, just just so bad. You probably <laughs> tweeted that, honestly. It's probably where I got that from. Um, but you know, maybe they just maybe they just say, all right, Van Jefferson, you're Allen Robinson, Skoronic, you're Skoronic, and then Allen Robinson, you're Cooper Cup. And like obviously from a team level perspective, that's gonna be horrible. The Rams are already <laughs> they're already the worst team in the NFL in yards per play. They're they they stink right they're they're just objectively a bad football team and there are a lot of complex reasons for that i i'm not in the business of calling mcveigh a fraud or saying stafford's overrated or whatever i mean generally i am in that business but not not in, not uh, on this particular day but in terms of jefferson or skoronic i mean even even in this miserable bye weeks injuries you know you just lost player x player y whatever i really cannot imagine starting van jefferson who i believe is catchless since returning from the IR. He got a touchdown I mean, last week. Okay, good for him. Fire garbage, him up. Garbage, yeah. time t- garbage time touchdown from uh, the Wolf- Warford of Wall Street. Yeah, amazing. Um, I and and to complicate matters even further, I think Daryl Henderson is is like a very very low end RB two. I think he grinded out nine PPR points last week, but I would imagine that Kyron Williams is probably going to play more. the The one thing I could see in a very West coast offense, you know, Shanahanian, I mean, Bill Walshian level is there could just be a lot of throws to the running backs just to simply get some plays going for positive yardage. And that would obviously be good for Henderson. So cup was put on IR. He could technically, 
in uh, a perfect world return in week 15. He, he ain't coming back. Okay. Let me it's, let me just put I'll, I'll, I'll put this on the record. Darren Waller's not going to play again this year and <laughs> Cooper Cup is not playing again this year. So if anyone if you have Cooper Cup and anyone is believing in aspirations that they're going to acquire Cooper Cup for the fantasy playoffs, you're just taking whatever you can get. 100%. 100%. Yeah. I mean, and that's my theory in general. Even if I did think he was going to be back in week 15, that's just my theory in general. It's like once a guy gets it, like Javante Williams in Dynasty, perfect example. If someone wanted to give me 82 cents on the dollar for Javante right now, I would take it. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we, we lost a, a pair of tight ends too last week. Uh, Dallas Goddard uh, on, you know, unfortunately the penalty play. Uh, the, the Eagles lose the game. They lose Dallas Goddard on the same play. We also lost Zach Ertz, who, like, listen, Zach Ertz is Zach Ertz, but, like, he was, like, a dude we could plug in and get some targets and some catches yeah. for sure. Uh, wh- what do you do if you have those guys? What do we do, Scram? Are you picking up any of these guys in situations? Do you have a Trey McBride take? Uh, why um, is he so bad? Why? Why? How could it, it be possible that this guy earned so few targets? I mean – I guess if you look at what he did in college, it's maybe uh, a Jason Morrow situation. You got to be a real dynasty head mm-hmm. to remember Jason Morrow, but he just racked up all those receptions for Texas Tech and then never did anything in the NFL. And that was basically, I mean, McBride was a super high volume receiver. He had 164 receptions in basically three seasons. He, he really barely played as a freshman at Colorado State, but only generated 10 touchdowns. So maybe that's just the telling thing in general. It's just guy guy would run for seven yards, turn around, catch the ball, and then and then fall down, which, I, I mean, I guess is really all Zach Ertz was doing at this stage uh, <laughs> of his career. Anyways, um, I, I think I would probably just prefer to be like, I'll take Harrison Bryant and hope David Njoku doesn't play. Uh, I was actually like um, – non-ironically in on Tanner Hudson but then he he randomly he played all the snaps two games ago they go to the mm-hmm. bye they pick up Lawrence Cager off the freaking waiver wire from the Jets and he ran the most routes at tight end for them last week so I don't know yeah it's, it's Foster Moreau is it, Foster Moreau is the guy I would start without reservations if I lost somebody yeah just on the field every play yeah the McBride stuff's interesting I had him I had Dulcich higher come into the draft because I was worried about just like how good McBride was, like just the product that he he had the most targets behind the line of scrimmage. Like they, the Colorado State offense was just they just threw him the ball every play, but he didn't particularly look that good. And then so far he's run ninety routes this season for the Cardinals and has four targets. And in the preseason he was only targeted twice on thirty six routes. And if you pair up Zach Ertz's usage with and without DeAndre Hopkins, plus they're probably going to get Hollywood Brown back, if not this week, then next week. I mean, it gets pretty thin to find targets for Trey McBride, too. So I don't mind anyone picking him up because it's whatever. It's a tight end, and you're trying to see where it goes. Uh, The Cardinals offense could maybe get better towards the back end of the season with all these players playing. But, uh, yeah, I I think he's he's definitely – he's luckily he's not on the main slate because I think people would have talked themselves into him for sure. But uh, well, yeah, you know what? Let me let me say streamer. this much. much if, Trey, if Trey McBride was on the main slate and Colt McCoy was throwing to him, I would much rather play him at whatever salary <laughs> than the fact that people are going to play a four thousand dollar Tyler Higby this week. Yeah, it's a uh, it's another thin tight end week. Uh, we'll see a lot of I'm sure Dulcich being played on DraftKings. We'll probably see a lot of Dalton Schultz. Just go up to Dalton Schultz, man. To get that, find that extra three. Yes. If you're playing Higby for 4K, just find that extra three hundo and play some Dalton Schultz for sure. Hundred percent. Yeah, he's, um, he's up to like a twenty three percent target share with Dak back in. I mean, he's been a tight end one every week with Dak. His so Dalton Schultz on the year with Dak Prescott. If you just look at those routes per per drop back. He's been targeted on 27.8% of his routes at Dak under center, and he's averaging 2.28 route yards per route run. Those would rank top two, you know, for the full season. Obviously, we can't extrapolate those because, you know, he played with Cooper Rush and he played hurt. But that's just kind of what we're working with. I think he definitely is set up to finish the season strong. And his routes went up after the bye, too, so he's getting a little healthier, too, as well. So maybe definitely undervalued in DFS, probably undervalued in season long. But, yeah. It's tough out there if you're if you need tight ends this week because it was already a gross position, uh, and it's it, we lost two contributors. Well, it's so I mean it's so like you know it, tight end has been bad before, but it has been I mean Travis Kelsey is lapping everybody and not even having 
you know, Travis Kelsey's having a good season, but this is not even close to like a peak Travis Kelsey's. I get, you know, he had the, he had the four touchdown game, which feeds into a ton of it, but he's beating Andrews by five points per game. He's beating Ertz, who is the tight end three by eight points per game. And that's all I have memorized because I think everyone else is below 11 points per game. So it's just like if you drafted Travis Kelsey, you're you're basically starting out a touchdown ahead of your opponents every single week. It may be more. Yeah, you look, he's, he's averaging the fewest yards per catch of his career this year. But I mean, he leads the, leads the league at eight touchdowns. Obviously, the four touchdown game helped, but he's been just the foxhole guy and the Chiefs. You know, for, for the opening month there, kind of the Chiefs looked like, it's like, man, what are they going to get out of these non-Kelsey guys? And the, the, the past five weeks, like, they're just, it doesn't even matter who's in the game. They're just, they're finding production. Uh, so let's stay there for a second. Uh, let's stay with the Chiefs because we saw last week Isaiah Pacheco kind of fully take over CEH at least. CEH played six snaps, didn't even get a carry. And Pacheco lost a, a fumble early in the game near the yeah. red zone and they immediately went back to him. So, how confident are you in one, you know, playing Pacheco? Uh, good matchup this week. Uh, does he overtake Jarek McKinnon? CH uh, left for dead. How are you handling this Chiefs backfield? I mean, so I guess I would start out by saying there was like this report that CH got banged up in practice last week, but then the coaches hadn't said anything about that this week. I think Andy Reid's quote was like, CH was obviously pissed off on the sideline. And then, um, was also this like Andy Reid was like, yeah, I mean, I, I'd be pissed off if I was him too. <laughs> it was weird that they would like basically bench Clyde Edwards Hilaire. He played four snaps. He got two targets. It's weird that he would get benched and they wouldn't activate Ronald Jones, which I guess there is, um, there's like the own, like Ronald Jones was tweeting. He wanted to be cut at the trade deadline and stuff. So maybe there's just like, maybe they're just like, this guy sucks. Like let's keep it break glass in case of emergency. I kind of thought the opposite thing would happen, and maybe it was just because they've been winning, but I kind of thought with Clyde getting benched, it would be McKinnon coming back into the role that he had last year. My my big thing with Pacheco is is it just seems like he stinks unless he is in, like, acres of space. Like, one, like once he gets... If he's he runs hard, play, just doesn't know where he's going. <laughs> yeah, and, and that doesn't seem like... I mean, if he played for the Houston Texans or whatever, and they would give him 22 carries, that would probably be good. But it feels like the better thing for the Chiefs would be to have, I don't know, like a Maurice Jones-Drew style guy, like a guy who's not who's not going to lose one yard every – like the opposite of what Barkley does, right? Barkley is always looking for the home run hit, so he has a lot of runs that go for negative plays. And that's like awful if you're a Chiefs player because you, you just want to get Mahomes into a lot of second and fours and stuff and just like let this guy – be insane so i think from like a, a winning perspective it it does make the most sense for mckinnon to play more and maybe that only matters when they're playing you know tight scripted games yeah out of, out of 50 backs so far this year at 50 or more carries pacheco 43rd in success rate 47th in rate of runs to gain a first down or touchdown uh the good news is he is 17th in yards after contact i mean he, he runs hard it's just like he's not elusive uh and doesn't always really have kind of really any vision at all it seems like sometimes uh it doesn't feel like he's going but uh he's playing against the chargers on sunday night i'll throw out some names for you, you tell me if you're gonna go pacheco or this other guy uh devin singletary singletary especially because they're gonna they're I, well i get if they play in the snow singletary for sure because he'll get 20 <laughs> touches regardless i think how about either washington running back uh, both of them, both of them over Pacheco. This is like this is like the all time spot to start both of those guys. Uh, how about Deontay Foreman? I would go. I would go Pacheco there. I'm worried. I'm worried they just get shit canned this week. I, I'm just. I, it's, yeah, the Foreman. For, there's good. definitely some fragility. We saw a couple weeks ago when they got just boat raced by the Bengals. Yeah, that's an. Uh, that's one. How about this one? How about DeAndre Swift? Oh, uh, Pacheco. I mean, DeAndre Swift is playing like 12 snaps a game. Something, there's some, I don't know what it is. And and they're getting him the ball when he's in the game. But to me, it doesn't make any sense. If DeAndre Swift is not healthy, and he wasn't even listed on the injury report last week, but if he's truly not healthy, why is he playing for a two-win Detroit team? What, what, I don't get, I don't get it. Right. So I was, I was going to use that as a segue to kind of ask you, what do you do with DeAndre Swift? Do you kind of say like, all right, if he's healthy enough to play the little bit he's played so far, is there eventually even a week where like his touches spike 
Or is this a situation where he gets shut down? Are you trying to acquire him and think he's one of these spike players? Are you trying to play him in DFS ahead of the curve with G- be a GPP bro? Uh, is there any, is it just, or is it just too cute and you just leave it alone? Yeah, I mean, it just feels like he is not a guy who's going to pay off this year. It just feels like the the most likely scenario is either he gets re-injured or he kind of stays in this, you know, uh, 10 to 15 touch per game. Like, that that's on the high end, right? Like, 10 to 15 touches would be way better. Than, I don't think he's had more than 10 touches in a game. Since not since week one. I was going to, yeah. I, like, like, it's horrible. He's, he's a total, he's like a roster clogger because you... Have, you don't want to drop him, nope. but you really don't want to start him. So it's just, I don't, it's just, and I, I, the people I feel really bad for are people who have him in dynasty because he feels like such a riddle, right? Like it, like Brees Hall, Javante, like whatever you're holding, but like, what do you do with DeAndre Swift in a dynasty league right now? Do you, do you try and sell him at, I mean, it feels like a trough, but what if this is just who he is for his whole career? He just becomes, you know, fancy Nike minds. Like I, I would have said that was insane six weeks ago but now that feels like a real outcome yeah I mean, he feels so like one of those guys that like, you can always talk yourself out like he has like you know an alvin kamara like type outcome like on the ceiling end but then still yeah he's just always going to be one of these you go back to college too he was always a guy that shared touches didn't really always have the the, the hugest workload obviously georgia plumped out so many good running backs it, they limit all their guys but yeah we haven't really seen him with like a sample of being like legit bell cow running back at all really ever uh i have him in the uh, league that we're in the one dynasty league in and i haven't been playing him but it's one i don't really know what to do with him either so yeah uh yeah it's one of these guys that's just kind of an enigma wrapped if the team was good we'd have more faith right like if the if the lions yes. were like the falcons and like four and five and like kicking around the can of like well maybe we can backdoor this thing but the fact that they have three wins doesn't give us any type of like foundation to kind of stand firmly on and say they're going to have to give this football to this guy eventually because what are they what are they playing for right now whole lot of nothing yeah i mean they're i guess they're (laughs) i guess they're they're playing um for for this coach i mean that that that's it right they're just playing for for dan campbell i guess yeah uh that's really it that's really it where we are with the lines they're still playing hard i mean you saw them last week like they're they're fighting out here getting yeah they're, they're trying you know (laughs) <laughs> yeah i mean listen they're gonna they're gonna fight against the the, the giants i'm sure if, if, if honestly if the lions beat the giants would you even blink if no no that feels <laughs> i i would say i would say i might even you know when we do our betting show tomorrow i might even take the lions over the giants at this point yeah um one of the things with this week is it's just a wide receiver hellscape i mean we you there's only four teams on by but all four well, three of the four teams have two guys were, that are like basically top 15 players right now. You have Evans and Godwin in Tampa. You have Lockett and DK in Seattle. Uh, we have Waddle and Tyreek in Miami. Often we have Christian Kirk out too. Uh, we add Cooper Cup's injury to the mix, and we are down some really good receivers this week. Uh, we have some people going into the bag. I threw it on Twitter, like asking, like, send me the worst wide receiver you're starting this week. And a lot were really good. Obviously a lot of tongue and cheek answers of DJ Moore. Uh, but uh, do you have that. anyone, do you have anyone like you're going to like the well on this week that either in your own leagues or just someone like when you look at projections, you're like, yeah, this guy this week looks all right. Khalif Raymond is probably honestly the, the worst guy. I mean, he, he like, and it's gotta be, I mean, you know, it'd be like start, start three flexes. He's playing a ton. It had been DeAndre Carter had been a guy who I just had on all these benches because when I hear Keenan Allen and hamstring in the same sentence, I'm like, all right, whoever's playing behind that guy is going to be useful for like six weeks. Um, I wouldn't feel that great about him. Corey Davis. I mean, his Corey, Corey Davis hasn't played in forever, but I assume he's going to be ahead of, of Elijah Moore. He's he's probably one. Oh, I'm looking I'm looking through some of my bad teams right now. Robert Woods. Robert Woods is a Robert Woods and a Thursday night game where it's three degrees against the Green Bay Packers. That's the worst. That's the worst guy I'm forced to start in a league. Yeah, Robert Woods uh, finally is not going to pay off. You know, he's always the guy he beats his ADP every year. Every uh, year, not, not going to happen for for Bob this year. Uh, yeah, there's some guys you can go down in there. Uh, if you're looking for like guys that are just playing, even with DJ Shark potentially coming back, Raymond's a guy because he's just is going to bump Tom Kennedy out, who's been out here 
running, you know, getting exercise the last couple of weeks of the Lions yes. with Josh Reynolds out. I mean, Matt Collins is just going to be on the field, right? Like, just he's going to be out there. Like, if you just know he's sure. going to be out there. Um, are you are you playing any of these Ravens at this point? I mean, they're huge favorites, but, like, do you trust any of these guys, like Devin DuVernay and Demarcus Robinson? I would, I would play Devin DuVernay. I, I just remained kind of intrigued by his skill set. He would be the only Raven. Um, I mean, he did so, so they, they beat New Orleans and don't really have to throw it all. Mm-hmm. He played 74% of the snaps, which was the high point. That was his, his high watermark for the year. And they had a bye week. So they had some time to sit and think about, okay, we know Bateman's not coming back. It's probably not a workable plan to win a Super Bowl with Deshaun Jackson, uh, you know, running a bunch of routes and earning a bunch of targets. Like, let's and and we actually saw it in the first game that Bateman missed. Um, Duvernay had seven targets and three rushes, and you know, looked like uh, mm-hmm. you know, looked like the the Debo answer or whatever for the Ravens. And he and and also, I mean, th- do not start this guy in fantasy. But Tylen Wallace should be active for this team. And I don't get I don't get why he was a freaking healthy scratch in a game that Bateman and Demarcus Robinson both missed. You know, I, I had Tylen Wallace his freshman year in a college dynasty league, and I thought that dude was gonna be like it. Like he like was gonna unbelievable. be like yeah. the next prospect. And I don't know if just the injury sapped him or he was just a guy that never was gonna win in the NFL based on separations. He was a huge contested catch guy in college, but not really a big guy. Um, but man, it is crazy to see how like his career has turned out. I mean, all these guys, the Ravens have drafted in the middle rounds, like you could sell your, sell yourself a story on, right? Like the miles Boykins of the world, Tyler Wallace, DuVernay. And, and uh, I have told myself <laughs> stories on all of them. <laughs> yeah. You know, hopefully Bateman doesn't go that route. It's a, it's a bummer what happened to Bateman. He's another guy in dynasty where like, you're really in no man's land on as well. We talked about DeAndre Swift because now Bateman's two years in, he's been hurt both years. And we know they're going to have to add wide receivers. Um, so, yeah, yeah you're, we're, we're way in the darkness uh, with Bateman on a dude that I definitely believe can play. Uh, we, we don't have – like, it's not really a tough run out with the quarterback by this week. Obviously, two is on by. You have Brady and Lawrence who are more like one QB, like, you know, kind of fringe guys. Um, but it, do, if you had to go to the bag for a quarterback this week that you got to stream and reach in, uh, do you have any recommendations? I mean, it would be it would be Daniel Jones, right? Daniel yeah. Jones would be he would be the the guy. I mean, like if you having to start Derek Carr this week against the the Broncos or whatever, like I I oh Heineke Heineke's the other one. He gets to play against Houston. You know, people love Taylor Heineke for for whatever reason. Yeah, I, I mean, I would definitely be Daniel Jones over Taylor Heineke, but also I don't know Taylor Heineke's probably like what the quarterback eighteen or whatever this week. Like I probably started streamers who are worse than that the lions are allowing a league high rushing yards to opposing quarterbacks even if you take away justin fields game last week that's uh, a that's a poll that's a poll. Yeah. jalen hurts had 90 yards against them carson wentz 23 geno smith 49 aaron Rodgers ran for 40 yards against the lions you know they play all that man defense right like they just blitz on pe- dropbacks so yeah everyone's got their back turned to the quarterback you don't get home everyone's playing man coverage and it, you break out and get some runs. Um, yeah, absolutely bonkers here. Uh, how about uh, Justin Fields? Fi- DraftKings finally priced him up this week. And FanDuel had been there for a couple weeks. But uh, is he an auto jam in this week? No, he he can't. I, this It's like the exact opposite lesson to take, right? It's like yep. once, once the guy gets to be within, what is he, $600 or $700 apart from Jalen Hurts, it's like, you know, all due respect to Justin Fields, a guy I'm – really rooting for in the NFL and, and want to succeed and want him to do well. I mean, I'm not, I'm just, I'm going to play Jalen hurts. I'm just going to play Josh Allen. I'm, I'm yeah, I'm, I'm not really. And, and also, I mean, you know, we joked about, I don't remember which game it was some, some Houston game. Oh, Houston, Tennessee. Thorman was like, that game's going to be over in an hour and a half. Like <laughs> Chicago, Atlanta, like they're both teams are going to be trying to get in and out of there. I don't think that's, I don't think that one's going to be real frenetic. Yeah, we have uh, basically they're the teams are well they're thirty first and thirty second in pass rate. <laughs> uh, yeah, that that game's gonna have a lot of hand, and neither team is good against the run, right? Like neither opposing defense is good against the run. The best thing about this Bears run is that you know they trade Roquan Smith, they obviously trade Robert Quinn. They're playing these young guys. They haven't been able to stop anyone, and that's been the best part about these games. We had 
these bonanzas because the Bears also aren't playing any defense. Uh, but yeah, they're going to get the Falcons and all art. Art is going to be uh, pounding the football in that one. Uh, how about that backfield? Do you trust anyone in the Atlanta backfield? Obviously, CPAS had a longer, they played on Thursday, so he's got more time off. Do you think he gets a larger run out than he had on Thursday? Because that was an unusable usage. I mean, that that feels like just all it was. Cordero Patterson is 31 years old. He just came in off the IR. They didn't ease him back in the way the coaching staff said they were going to ease him back in. He got, I think he played 33% of the snaps his first week back, but got a touch on like 80% of his snaps. And then he had to play four days later. I, I, I think you can trust him. I think like deeper, like, you know, if you're missing multiple running backs this week or whatever, I, I've, again, I mean, I think I've started Philip Lindsay in a league at least once each of the last two years. And, and keep in mind, this has been truly a man without a home. So like I've started worse running back twos than Tyler Algier, I think. Yeah, actually he might be in the mix. We've seen like, you know, it looked like Caleb Huntley and Caleb Huntley's got like amazing efficiency metrics, but like he just can't get over any of these other guys. Um, he gets, He's involved when there's like, just two guys, but when there's yeah. three, he seems to be like on the outside looking in. Although they even gave Avery Williams touches last Thursday in that debacle. Um, Mariota, potential streamer, if you could believe that he'd make it through the game. I guess he still probably will make it through this game, but it feels like we're getting thinner. Uh, the leash is getting thinner because the Falcons are still hanging around in the playoffs in the division. That's what's preventing this Desmond Ritter train uh, from finally have, uh, taking un- off. Uh, un- unbelievable. But if you're in a two QB league, like you, you have to have Desmond Ritter rostered, right? Like he's got to be on. Oh, some... sure, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, and and yeah, as long as as long as the wins are coming to like some degree, uh, uh, what's his name? Arthur Smith is never going to Ritter. But you can also tell at the same time he hates Mariota. Like you can tell just from the way he talks <laughs> about the offense and like what was it against the? It was like week four or five. Oh, it was against the Browns. It was against the Browns. Mariota throws a pick, and then they ran for the next 14 plays. Yep. Like, yeah, you can tell he is he is over that dude. There was that clip going around in that game from the sideline where I was just like, we're just going to run the piss out of the ball because <laughs> we're not going to trust our quarterback at all. Uh, with the field's bump, right, like in the, in the Bears' bump in general, they scored 29 or more points the past four weeks. Obviously, Cole Komet has broken the seal. People are entertaining playing Darrell Mooney again. Are these guys still trap guys? Or are these guys you're trusting in lineups? Um, I don't. I mean, I don't think you can. Like, okay, yeah, Darnell Mooney. Like, the Bears are not going to be this efficient. They're not going to score that many points. I don't really buy any of that. But Mooney was kind of a guy who was like he was a little overpriced to begin with. But now he's actually showing that the thesis behind drafting him was correct, which is that none of these other guys on Chicago were going to earn targets. He he's held steady between like a 26% and a 28% target share all year four extra passes per game, you know, gets him into like a pretty usable range and Komet is banged up. I don't, I don't I think we're talking on Thursday afternoon. I don't think he's practiced yet. So that's probably even more bullish for Mooney, honestly. Yeah. He hasn't practiced yet. The staff said that they, that they didn't believe he was in danger of missing, but obviously you want to see him log those full practices. We've played this game before. Yeah. Uh, where where teams and, and players aren't doctors, and then we get to the game and, and guys are out. Uh, you know, we saw that with Zeke again last week. We got one more magical run out with Pollard. Uh, and that that situation, uh, if you if you have Pollard, and obviously we still believe that even in first Zeke's first game back, it still might be kind of more Tony Pollard than Zeke. Maybe I guess we can't confirm that because Dallas has done this before and gone back to Zeke. But uh, are you confident still playing Tony Pollard as like an RB two? Con, I mean, like, w- I would start Tony Pollard over Dante Foreman, who people are going to be jamming in this week. You know, like Tony Pollard, Tony Pollard. I what was it? He finished running back twenty one last year in a year that Zeke uh, played the entire season. Like any given game, any and he was getting like a twelve ish touch roll even before any of this stuff happened with Zeke with the hyperextension of the knee. Mm-hmm. And I know like we joke about, you know, McCarthy is so dumb and Jerry Jones is so dumb, but like these guys also were just gonna, it would be very hard for me to believe that they watched Tony Pollard these last couple of games and just watch this dude basically play like the best running back in the NFL. And then be like, you know what? Let's just make sure you don't get in the game at all. Let's just make sure that your role stays smaller now that we have Zeke back. Like I, I, it, and if that's an extra two touches a game, whatever but like one tony pollard touch is worth like three ppr points so 
seems 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 good. Yeah, I, I definitely am still looking at him. So maybe potentially being uh, a potential like solid tournament play too this week too. We'll see. Get, you know, if I end up getting there, he ends up making the player pool. Uh, one last thing, and we'll we'll talk about some maybe some of these games this week, and maybe from like a DFS perspective or just top down perspective, is last Sunday night everyone freaked out with Christian McCaffrey and Elijah Mitchell coming back, and there was kind of a 50-50 split. Shanahan comes out after the game and says, yeah, we kind of would like the carries to be 50-50. Obviously, that's going to throw everyone into a tizzy. McCaffrey saw 20 opportunities. Uh, how much did what happened to Sunday night like cause, like, did any alarm bells go off with you at all, or like you still really confident? What'd you ex- what did people expect? People thought, people thought a Kyle Shanahan player was just going to get straight up, like, the usage his talent deserves. Like, do you guys even know who George Kittle is, bro? Have you watched George Kittle play football and you thought McCaffrey was going to get 30 touches a game? No. I mean, what McCaffrey lost in volume going through Carolina, he's going to make up with inefficiency. He's going to be the number one running back in fantasy. Uh, Well, he might not catch Eckler at this point. Um, But, I mean, if I was drafting again tomorrow, I would take McCaffrey first overall. Like, he's the the guy's just the best. Who cares? Like, I don't care. I don't care. Yeah. Uh, what about Saquon? Uh, he would be in the mix for you. Would would Saquon? I, I, I anecdotally, I guess I haven't looked because Barkley hasn't been um, like a DFS play the last couple weeks. Like, I mean, his role, I don't know. His results don't look as good. I guess he leads the NFL in rushing. Well, but he has he has more touches this year already than he had the last two years. I mean, he had 35 carries last week. <laughs> He's had two games with 30 or more carries. His his, his, pa- his passing usage is not as insane no, as I thought it's not it was going to be. Yeah. It, it, well, especially not where we thought it was going to be earlier in the year. It looked like week one, like, oh, man, Saquon's going to, like, this dude's going to definitely like he, lead the He's team maxed targets. out at 45 yards receiving this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, how, mu- how much – I'll ask you one, one more, too. How much last week good faith did Jonathan Taylor earn for the rest of the season from you? If a any? lot. A lot. No, honestly, I was such a Jonathan Taylor fader heading into the year, and I was ready to be like, oh, they're just going to shut him down. You know, this organization is a joke, Jeff Saturday. But then they make Deion Jackson an active. I think he was hurt, but they activated yeah, Zach, they activated Zach Moss and Jordan Wilkins and then just didn't play them at all. And they were like, all right. Which, um, you know, if a guy walked in off the street and was like, oh, you're in control of the Indianapolis Colts and he just got to watch one practice – He'd probably be like, let's give the let's give that dude the ball. Matt Ryan looks hopeless. Like, why would we want to put the offense on his shoulders? Why don't we just like let this 23-year-old Terminator go nuts? Um, yeah, he earned a lot, he earned a lot of goodwill for me. Like, I, I was ready to like be like, oh, I'd take Travis Etienne over him for the rest, which I, I don't know, I still might, but earned earned a lot of goodwill. I mean, 96% snap share, that's that was the most of his Colts career. Yeah, ran the most routes of any running back, too. You know, Jeff Saturday, we talked about it on the other show at Damn Suda. Basically, Jeff Saturday just came in and said, I'm just going to play my best players. Like, you know, I'm going to put Matt Ryan back in. We're only going to throw to Paris Campbell and Michael Pittman. And we're just going to hand the ball a lot to Jonathan Taylor. And that's cool. They played the Raiders, and it worked. Uh, but you can run on the Eagles. We've seen that. And he has a couple of good matchups against the run down in the playoffs, too. I mean, you get Vikings, Chargers, Giants in the playoffs for Jonathan Taylor uh we might he's definitely not going to pay off what you invested season long and probably a lot of teams that had that one pick maybe not even making their fantasy playoffs but if you did trade for him in the middle of the season or you somehow survived there is a chance for this thing to pay out in the playoffs you just love a buy left too which is unfortunate but there's a chance here that 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 could still pay out for jonathan taylor for sure uh when you look at this slate Super weird slate. We have 11 games this week, but back to back weeks of just pricing low light. slates. Yeah, you look at the games too. Like, what like, if I gave you right now, what's the game you're most excited for this weekend from like a, a fantasy perspective? I I mean, is it Giants Detroit? Is that is that the one that has the most combustibility? I, I feel like I feel like I'm Vikings, or, Dallas. Oh, yeah. But so Vikings Dallas, but I mean, every dude from that game is going to get super pumped because it is is it is kind of like two above average offenses, competitive game. The results matter for both teams. Maybe 
No, I mean, I do. I think it's I think it's Detroit, New York. I think that's kind of the one that has the best combination of like, you could just see these defenses sucking, the quarterbacks kind of whelping their way to 26 fantasy points and bringing a couple of guys with. And apparently Wandale is not going to play for the Giants, which makes me feel a little bit more cozy about playing Slayton. Yeah, Slayton's been getting there, uh, you know, since week five. Uh, ninth in air yard share. He's uh, sixth among all wide receivers in yards per outrun. He doesn't have more than seven targets in any game because the Giants are just handing him off as much as possible. But he's 5K. He's five. I think he's five eight on Fanduel. Uh, definitely better, playable. better, better, better Fanduel play. But yeah, yeah, yeah. There are because you know wide maybe, receivers. Maybe Cincinnati um, Pittsburgh could be good. Pickett, Pickett looked. Pickett's, you know, he's running around. He's got seven and a half carries since week nine per game. I don't. know. I could see it. Yeah, definitely. I I, I don't know what to do with the Bengals. Uh, do you have a, a firm take on them? Because obviously they looked terrible the first game without Chase, and I don't know what to take from like the Carolina game. I just they, you can't you can't you can't take anything from that, right? I mean, they're yeah. you literally can just have no takeaways. My gut instinct, and I I mean we talked about all this stuff in the offseason. My gut instinct is to be short on the Bengals and particularly to be short on them without Jamar Chase, who is like a, a legit generational talent. I mean, I don't, maybe, maybe the, the move this week is to not force correlations too much and just kind of play like not play the best plays, but you know, find unique combinations of the chalk that don't necessarily correlate with one another. But I guess that's just a recipe for tilting your face off when, <laughs> when, you know, jets, jets, Patriots ends 38, 35 or whatever. Yeah, I mean, you look at some of these games because you have Rams Saints. That's got a thirty-eight point game total, and both teams have just been miserable. Uh, apparently, you know, Andy Dalton's going to keep starting, and Dennis Allen's not ready to at least just see what happens with Jameis Winston. Um, Cleveland Buffalo, we don't know. We're have to wait till Sunday morning to kind of see what kind of that situation is going to look like. Jets Patriots, we're definitely not really touching. Now, you play Ramondre. For sure. So if you want, Jacoby yeah. Myers, okay. If you know DraftKings fifty five hundred, that ain't, that ain't bad price there. Uh, but yeah, Houston, Washington. I will say, I you know Terry McLaurin, Nico Collins, mini might be a little bit interesting. Uh, Nico yeah. Collins forty one hundred. Uh, yeah. I mean, we picked him up in our our one of our co owned main event teams. I, I'm 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 into Nico. So you do uh, for for that game stack, you do. Uh, Taylor Heineke, Nico McLaurin, Logan Thomas. <laughs> you know, win win a million dollars, easy game. Yeah, yeah. The, the Washington backs, I think, will be tournament worthy. I don't know. Do you have a preference between the Washington backs, Gibson or Robinson? Uh, yeah, Gibson. Gibson on DK, mostly because just because of the way salary is working out. It's and it's not showing in ownership projections yet. I I think Brian Robinson is going to end up being like huge shock by Sunday morning, like 20% owned on DraftKings. Yeah, I could see that happening. He's a way better fan bill play than he is DraftKings play for sure. Um, Cause you're not getting any catches from Brian Robinson. You have to get a touchdown from him, which you can get in a, a game against Houston, but at least Gibson, you know, like there's insulation because McKissick hasn't practiced yet. He looks pretty doubtful. So at least we know with Gibson, a couple receptions can go a long way. And he has the guy, Hey, the first goal line carry last week. Yep. So we're like give Robinson looked like more of like the closer, right? Last week. And Gibson looked like more like the starter on Monday night. Uh he did get nicked up. So yeah, which, I like which I think as well. was just how the game played out. I, I, I think, you know, had they been trailing or whatever, I think they would have just kind of kept playing. Like I think it would have been like a 60-40 Gibson thing. Brian Robinson, man, great, great story, but he he the juice is not found in his lower body at, at this stage. Maybe he'll look way different next year but he uh speaking of we you know we started this podcast with monty ball brian robinson <laughs> uh, a monty ball style runner very monty ballish uh runner and he was like that in college too i mean you know n- not many backs from alabama come out averaging just barely five yards per carry <laughs> like like brian robinson's five yards per carry like as transitive property to like a different school were like three and a half yards per carry uh, coming out of college, just yeah. like you say, he he's one of those guys like coaches are gonna love. He's a grinder. He he doesn't get like really any negative runs. Um, seems like a great guy, like a worker, a worker for um, sure. But 
yeah, there's just no juice, man. There's no, like, where are the big runs? Where are the broken tackles? Like, none of those things exist, uh, which is really tough to kind of, like, as fantasy people, like, those guys are just fragile, like, right? Like, we can say, like, yeah, Houston matchup touches, but still, like, those only go so far uh, where you have a player, like, you're playing alongside a player who we know could actually have potential to break a big play. Like, uh, Gibson is <laughs> sick. That, I, the, the, the Gibson thing gives me, like, brain worms. <laughs> <laughs> like like the guy the guy is unbelievable like it just feels like if you get like very actually very similar to the tony pollard thing where it's like if i was a coach i would just want to give this dude the ball all the time because he he just moves so well i mean and i know he does dumb stuff he's not a great pass blocker and he what he's like he like for a while he had like one of the worst fumble to carry ratios in the nfl um so i i i do get that from a coach's perspective but like even playing JD McKissick on him over passing downs, you you sort of get because like McKissick is so functional in his role. But playing Brian Robinson in a game you're wanting to win over Gibson, I don't I really don't get it. Yeah, it's it's rough, man. So yeah, I'm curious to see. Yeah, I'm curious if he does end up getting kind of steam. There aren't a lot of cheap running backs. Oh, we didn't talk about that. We talked about we danced all around that Bears game, but uh or uh, David Montgomery, you know, without the with the injury to Khalil Herbert, we saw earlier yeah. in the season when Monty missed time, like Ebner never was a factor. They just gave all the work. They, to... they, they played it. They played Ebner like a little bit on passing downs. Yeah. But not he like, I, I think Darrington Evans even got in for a couple snaps. I mean, if, if it's trending on Sunday morning, like fields is going to be 20% or whatever. Yeah. I think, I think Monty is just a super strong leverage play. He's really cheap on both sites too. And he's kind of right in that Damian Pierce range who always like seems to pop in optimals. Like if you run optimals, like Damian Pierce has like been in there for like the last five weeks, it feels like. Um, so like he's great pivot off of, you know, kind of Damian Pierce if people are going on their favorite website and just plugging in optimals and which you do see. Uh, yeah. He would be yeah. a great pivot too in that same price range. Unfortunately, we don't have some guys in that area that would be on the slate, you know, like James Conner and his workload now is not going to be on the main slate. You know, we have Aaron Jones tonight, Derek, Derek Henry tonight. Um, yeah. Shout so out. shout out how bad that game's going to be. Are you, are you toying with the idea of Alvin Kamara at all? Or like, what are you doing with him? Obviously the past two weeks, like it can't be worse than it has been, but like, well, and, you know, from the stuff I look at, which is, like, mostly peripheral base, like, has the usage changed? Like, is there a role? Ch- no, nope. it's just that the offense has been really bad. Right. And that that's, like, that's, like, a very basic spot to be like, oh, yeah, Alvin Kamara can just go for 40 in any given game if things just break. But the, I I, I want to say this: the Saints were 2 of 14 on third down against the Steelers. Like, even even Davis Mills offenses can do better than that. So yeah, I'm, I'm pretty interested in Kamara. Yeah. I mean, you, even if it's just like last week where you look at like the Cardinals Rams game and like, it's not like James Conner was like, like particularly good in that game, but he just kept getting carries and kept getting touches because the game script. And that could be what happens here for the saints. And you just hope to get a couple touchdowns and just have the run out. But yeah, the Saints situation has really kind of capped him in Alave, who looked like he was surging to be like a wide receiver one to close the season. Um, but yeah, the, the, you, you, when you score two touchdowns in two weeks, not very many people are going to get there for fantasy outside of uh, Juwan Johnson garbage touchdowns. Correct. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Do you, do you have any other uh, kind of you know, closing thoughts here on uh, the week 11 landscape uh, as it lies? I, I, well, not week 11, but I have a brain teaser for you because I've been going back and forth on this. Assuming like a pretty similar distribution for the rest of the year for Drake London. So assuming he doesn't turn into 14 points a week, doesn't have like, you know, maybe he has one or two more spikes. Just like this. Just, just basically the same pace. Where does he go in drafts next year? I would think off the top of my head, like, like, fifth sixth round maybe area uh maybe like because here's the thing with drake london is i don't think he's going to be in a spot to like really be usurped like maybe the the falcons are probably going to add players still because they're in a position where they're just going to add talent and they need to add wide receivers yeah they'll 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 do the their zay jones right but i don't think it'll be a situation like Devontae smith right like where like they they acquire like a clear alpha that would be shocking so I would say like, yeah, he still hangs around maybe that like wide receiver two, three, like range like that, that like fringe wide receiver, two wide receiver, three range. 
Um, we have to account, like, we probably have to assume that Mariota is not going to be back next year. I, I would say that's like 80% probability, but almost 100% probability Arthur Smith is still the coach, right? Because, yes, 100%. Yeah. yeah, 100% Arthur Smith is still the coach. And while it might not be Mariota, we don't know what the alternative will be because they're not going to have a top five pick either. So it's not, yeah, like they, they, are, be... they are not getting CJ Stroud or Bryce. Yeah, I honestly. No. The, the guy I thought, but then I realized this organization would never do it, but the guy who's going to, the the back end of the first round project quarterback in this draft class is Anthony Richardson. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I don't, the Falcons are not the type of organization to do that. You know, that'll be like a much smarter organization than the Falcons will try and make something out of that guy. I was looking, I thought Devonta Smith would actually be a good comparable but devonta smith was way better last year than i remember oh God, yeah but devonta smith had 916 yards and five touchdowns last year like Drake on a team is, that didn't throw like on the most run heavy like well the kind of like how i guess like you london's in now so, yeah yeah so i so, love it so so it is similar kind of the situations they're in as rookies so it, i think i think it, it depends pretty heavily on i mean even even a journeyman style quarterback you know if carson wentz is starting for the falcons next year so i mean God forbid we we have to see Carson Wentz start another year in the NFL, but it it does pretty heavily depend on who their quarterback is, as long as it's not Mariota. I mean, how about how about the, the taking a step further on that team? I mean, where is Kyle Pitts going next year? Where George Kittle went this year? Same okay. same same deal. I I think I think George Kittle falls, uh, especially you know obviously they have McCaffrey now, so Kittle is going to go where Hawkinson goes, right? Where where Hawkinson has gone the last two years. And then Pitts is going to fall back uh, to where to where Kittle went. So and like then that Der- tight end five, tight end six range. Yep. Yeah. And and obviously unless now I'm way I'm keeping the door way more open for Kyle Pitts going nuclear in the back half of the season just because Kyle Pitts is actually it, it's so funny. Kyle Pitts is, to him. Well, and he is actually as good as advertised. Like every time you watch to or at least to me, I mean, you know, I'm not. Uh, Gil Brandt or whatever I can't break down everything on film but like when I watch Kyle Pitts play I'm like this guy is absolutely an alien like everything the scout said about him seems true to me I mean he's getting we've at least we've progressed to where like we went for like five weeks of like will the Falcons throw the ball to Kyle Pitts to at least now can they complete passes to Kyle Pitts which is like a mild step in the positive direction because <laughs> yeah. he's getting targets the, like yeah the, I, what, what else what else can you ask for you know <laughs> we're, we're making baby we're making small strides here uh with Arthur Smith um but yeah that's where we are uh I think he's an interesting stack in that game too because uh, the tight end because no yeah. Kelsey no Kelsey and we don't know if Andrews is going to even play the full 100 percent of snaps even if he's active against this Panthers team that started. I I did. I did notice, by the way, I was working on projections this week. I, I noticed that. So everyone played likely last week, including us, Mm -hmm. Oliver played more snaps and ran more routes, which is kind of interesting to me because Oliver was a pure receiving tight end in, in college. He was not really a blocker. He's like a smaller guy. Um, I mean, I guess six five two fifty is is a bigger guy, but smaller for a tight end. Yeah. Um. So that's I don't know. We we talked about desperation tight end starters earlier. That that is at least a little interesting to me. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I mean, you know, there's a couple of these guys I'm looking to see like if they get more run. I wish some of these like the I wish the Titans were worse to give on Conquo like more of a look. Like he seems to just come in for like a play or two. They run a screen to him and like he looks awesome, and then he's just not in the game again. Um, I would love imagine to see him play imagine more. playing. Two tight ends, not one tight end, but two tight ends ahead of Chigakongwo. I, I yeah. mean, it's like very rare to to know a third string tight end's names and to notice him when he comes in the game. But like very, very noticeably, do the Titans look different when he's running routes? Like that that dude explodes. Yeah, absolutely, man. I mean, he was a he's a very interesting prospect in college too. So like, uh, he's definitely one of these guys I'm prepared to roster for three years and have to do nothing in dynasty. Uh, yep. <laughs> absolutely, one hundred percent. And you know, Josh Oliver was one of those guys before that. Uh, so we'll just pass the baton. Uh, you gotta leave. Sure. You gotta leave one Ladarius Green memorial spot on every dynasty team. I mean, it's like you know, you never know. You never know when that guy becomes the next Dalton Schultz. I've got to give you at least one chance here on the way out. You were the one all summer in these best ball thing and the best ball draft saying to, to, to grab Taysom Hill, to take Taysom Hill. 
Uh, it's been running cold. Can, can you sell so someone on, on the reason to keep going to Taysom Hill? Um, well, I mean, we, we literally just did this in, in one of our leagues. And this is what I would say. You are not giving up anything, really, in, in order to, to keep him on your roster or start him. Like, your odds of getting a zero from uh, who, who's the tight end this week? Trey McBride. <laughs> Trey McBride, just as likely. And, and honestly, you would also think, based on um, you know the, the lack of production that he hasn't been on the field, 36%, 33%, 40% of the snaps on this team the last couple weeks. So he's out there. They're, they're, you know, he's moving in motion. He's blocking. He's doing Taysom Hill crap. And if they were to, for whatever reason, be a team that decided to start scoring points, you'd have to imagine he's somewhat related. The other thing is that Jameis is not healthy. Nick Underhill reported that. That's like, you know, they probably would have went to him already, but these, these transverse back fractures are just horrible. And how many more quarters can this coaching staff watch Andy Dalton play? <laughs> so, like, are we going to get – I like, I don't know. Are we going to get one Taysom quarterback game? Probably not, but that would be me talking you into it. Uh, I feel like it's a missed opportunity to not have a Taysom quarterback game, especially for DFS purposes. Although he's been a quarterback on DraftKings the whole year. Uh, yeah. But just for the chaos factor again, for living again. So he, I like what they did on FanDuel. He's been an expensive tight end. Yeah, I think they, yeah. I think so. I think they did it right. Now, obviously, everyone remembers the game. I don't remember if it was last year or two years. It ago. It was two years ago when he took over. So he took over. He's ninety percent owned as a minimum price tight end. Everyone plays him, whatever. But I like what they did. You know, because you know, let's say Taysom takes over at quarterback in week thirteen. They're playing against Tampa Bay, and he's a sixty-seven hundred dollar tight end. That is a very interesting wrinkle. A $4,500 tight end, no wrinkle. You're just playing him. Yeah, I think he was like at that time, like like 5,100 or something or something stupid. And like you got to play two quarterbacks in that game. Uh, that, and then the chaos ensued because he was a tight end on ESPN and like everywhere. And he was like, and that was the year he was very clearly the inverse of this situation where he was an actual backup quarterback the entire year. And yes. his position never changed. Yeah. He was just grandfathered in as a tight end, and he stayed a tight end. Whereas this year, he really hasn't been a quarterback at all. Uh, no, no, <laughs> I, I, he's only thrown. He, I mean, he's averaging like one and a half passing attempts per game. Yeah, he had thrown a couple balls, uh, a couple games in a row. He had thrown a pass uh, and was complete. You know, but uh, it looks like that's kind of died out a little bit. Maybe just go back to it, be honest. <laughs> well, how can it get? This is this is what I'm saying. How could it possibly get any worse for the Saints' offense? Nope. I mean, listen, at least they've got their first round draft pick. They don't, right? They traded no. it for some... the Eagles have it. Yeah. Classic. Amazing. Love to see I it. mean, are they are they still drawing live? I guess I guess they are in, yes, in the, the NFC South. They're yeah. two games back of the Bucks. Yeah. Incredible. Incredible. And they stuff. play the Bucks, I think, coming up uh yeah, out of two, the two weeks from yeah, now. Yeah, so they're still live. I mean, it's the whole reason, like I said, the Falcons may have made a change already too, but Still fighting, MC South's wide open. But uh, yeah, well, and the thing on there, listen, uh, take a moment here to kind of plug everything you guys got going on at Sports Grid, where they can find you, what kind of shows you got going on, all the stuff that's happening uh, in your life. Check out TakeCast, Sports Grid Fantasy Football Podcast. Rich comes on with me every Friday, picks some games. I'm on Sports Grid TV every day, 11 Central or uh, 10 Central to 11 Central. And uh, yeah, just, just you know, all, all, I, I, I pump out all the stuff on Twitter pretty hard. So you're not going to be missing anything. <laughs> you love to see it. Remind everyone too, that's listening to the show. It is free week at sharp football. If you go to the site, everything is unlocked. All the worksheets are unlocked and all of Warren's betting picks. Everything just was wide open this week. So make sure you take advantage of that. Check out the site this week with Thanksgiving next week. I will not be recording a fantasy show. So look for me to do a fantasy show in week 13, but I will be on with Dan Pazuda on the other kind of air quotes, real football show. Uh, so everyone have a good holiday that only listens to the fantasy beat.